It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. Hello and a warm welcome from Barangaroo Studios. This is The Call, 10 stocks picked by you, two experts, one hour. I'm Danielle Akuye. Now, our two experts on today's show, and they are joining me live in the studio, is Francesco Destratus from Ord Manette. Good afternoon, Hi, Francesco. And Michael Gable from Fairmont Equities. Good afternoon, Michael. Good to be back. Fantastic to have you both in the studio. Always makes for, hopefully, a great conversation. Now, our first five stocks of today's call is Cadence Capital, Drone Shield, Chrysis Corp, Duratech, and SRG Global. But before we get to those, stock of the day is Mineral Resources, ticker code MIN. And MinRes's full year results beat analysts' estimates. The lithium miner posted full year underlying NPAT of $770 million. Australian, a 12% beat to the city estimate. The company has declared a fully franked final dividend of 70 cents Australian per share. And out of 16 analysts, nine rate the stock a buy or higher, four hold and three sell. And the medium price target is $78.90. Well, probably need to say it's uh, Minres is also an iron ore producer last time I checked as well. Certainly is. <laughs> so Francesco, do you like Minres? It's also a mining services company Indeed. as well. So there's a lot, <laughs> lot to this company, more than people um, I'll give it credit for, I suppose. Um, and um, look, we, we have a whole recommendation on it at Burnett, but um, I'd be probably a little bit more positive personally, um, just looking at um, some of the um, numbers that are coming out of the company. Um, um, the, the important thing to look at from a, the lithium point of view is the lithium earnings um, for FY22 uh, to uh, FY23 is more than doubled. Mm. Um, now, I'm not expecting it to do that again into FY24, but we're still expecting a, a good jump in earnings out of the lithium division. Um, the other thing to appreciate with um, uh, Min Resources is that the, the mining services division um, previously to this year uh, made up a bit more than half of their earnings mm. um, so and and they the mining services they provide are um, operational services which tend to be sticky so if a mining company decides they want to change their contractor um, it's a big project to change the contractor mm. so it becomes a um, you know once they win a contract they tend to stay there for the life of the mine so so there's a lot of sticky business there so we like it in that respect um, the iron ore business is um, you know it's still reasonable size it, it's about 185 million in earnings right um, I, I would potentially like to see it probably divide up in into its own individual businesses uh, I think you know when companies like this 
uh, can achieve they can achieve a lot more um, I suppose focus on their businesses when they when they divide up into mm. ind- individual companies um, so that's the potential it has been talked about in the market whether it happens or not I don't know uh, but look I like the company uh, I like what they've done over the last sort of five to ten years and I think um, the the um, founder of the company still has a lot of skin in the game, which gives me a lot of confidence. Indeed. And the share price has actually come back down quite a lot. But I suppose that's probably a reflection of, I suppose, weaker iron ore, well, iron ore uncertainty and also those lithium prices coming under some pressure. Yeah. yeah. So commodity prices have come under a little bit of pressure in recent times because the market's been expecting the Chinese to provide a, a little bit more stimulus to their economy. So it's put a bit of a downer on commodities price not not overly i would suggest um but um yeah look and and the share price had rallied significantly up until Mm. sort of uh, i suppose a month or two ago Uh, but i think the 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 share price where it is now has created um some good buying opportunities for the short and long term okay michael do you like minres yeah i do like it here i mean francesco's covered it off really well so all i'd really add to that is you know, you've got a situation, as, as you pointed out, where the share price has come back quite a bit. And, you know, the market has been a bit concerned at the sort of the CapEx sort of spend for, for this business and, and how it might affect their earnings. Obviously, the market's been you know, quite negative recently around, around China. Um, I mean, I think that whole sort of issue with, um, with the Chinese economy reaching a bit of a... Um, sort of fever pitch at the moment. It just seems like it is sort of peak negativity around that. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it has dragged a lot of these share prices lower. So I think the result today beating expectations was a huge relief. Um, like most companies in, in reporting season, their cost guidance was was maybe a bit higher, but, you know, that seems to be impacting Same, everybody at the moment. Yeah. <laughs> um, but look, share price reaction today, as I was coming into the studio, the share price was up about 6%. The volumes going through had already well exceeded all of yesterday, so it's going to be a big day in MinRes. So you've got this situation of the share price having pulled back on sentiment and a few other concerns. Technically, it was right at those levels where we, where it peaked a few mm. times in 2021-2022, so this was where it needed to, to bounce and it's delivered in terms of the result, the volumes coming back in. So. Look, I like the stock. I've been buying more of it as, as recently as just this morning on, on the back of that result. So to me, it looks like a bit of a turnaround, a bit of a relief. Um, and I think there's more upside from here. So a buy from you? Yep. And even though odds has a hold, you'd be buying it, I'd be, would I'd you? Be, yeah, I'd be buying it. So we can it. really sort of say that's a double buy then. You could probably say that's a double buy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Perfect. We love a double buy to start. No stock of the day. Exactly, to start the call. Okay, let's get right onto it. And the first stock that you have picked for the day is Cadence Capital, picked by Shane. Now, Oh, this one was, at one point, it was quite a high flyer, wasn't it, Francesco? And it's all seemed to have, yeah. Yeah, well, look, it's a listed investment company. Yeah. And let's face it, any any managed fund listed investment company um, is, is you know, I suppose they perform based on the, the, the fund managers uh, and their mm. expertise and how they perform over the years. Um, Look, it, it trades on a bit of a discount to its NTA, but most listed investment companies will do that. Um, not a fan of them 
in general. Um, I think they're okay if you've got a lot of confidence in the fund manager. Um, I looked at the previous performance of this um, of this one, and um, they've had lots of shorts over the years. I know yeah. that, and sometimes that'd work for them, and then sometimes yeah. it'd just absolutely bury yeah. the performance. So they've got a pretty broad mandate. Yeah, they can go short, they go yeah. long. You know, so so that's pretty broad. Um, you know, they've underperformed the A six two hundred for you know one year, three years, five years, ten years. Um, I, I would say, look, if you're looking to get exposure to the broader market um, and, you, and you want to do it without having to sort of choose stocks yourself, um, I'd probably go down the path of the, an ETF. They're cheaper. They'll track the index. Um, so you're really relying upon the index then. Um, if you're looking for a fund manager that um, um, is active, um, I'd say I'd probably think there's other ones out there to look for. Yeah, indeed. So I'd say no on this one. Yeah, I know. Yeah, a, a sell if you had it. Um, yeah, look, probably. Uh, it, it, look, it's given a reasonable yield, but you're still underperforming the market, yeah. so yeah, potentially yes. Okay, Michael. Yeah, I agree. At the end of the day, um, the share price performance over time doesn't lie. Um, it's reflecting the the poor performance of the underlying funds, mm. um, and I agree with Francesco. I just you know, most of these LICs um, and listed fund managers just don't seem to perform over time. So if you're looking for a path into the market without having to pick stocks, you think these fund managers are, are great, you don't, have to, you don't have to look at it, but in reality you do because, mm. you know, the share price performance is so leveraged to how they perform. When they're doing well, it goes up really quickly. And as we've seen with, with Cadence, with Magellan, the opposite's true on the way down, which means you do actually have to keep an eye on it mm. because you might be doing okay and you look back 12 months time and and you know, you've lost half your dose. So um, again, if you don't want to pick stocks, you know, just get an, e uh, an index tracking ETF. Um, yeah, if, these, if this share price hasn't been doing well over time, I can't see what would make it turn around here uh, and suddenly start outperforming the market if they weren't able to do it when times are easier. Mm. Um, especially if they're shorting as well. I mean, I know. You'd think this should it's be the environment. It's sort of like a hedge fund in, in, yeah, a, in a leak. Yeah, so unfortunately, <laughs> yeah, unfortunately now's not the right time for, for something like um, like Cadence. So yeah. I'd, be, I'd be selling it and, you know, there'd be better opportunities like mineral resources, yeah. quite clearly. <laughs> yeah. It's interesting though, isn't it? The whole fund management industry with, you know, there's, there's, there's always more popping up, new ones starting, we're going to do it better. For, for a country our size, we're well over managed in fund managers. Yeah, yeah. There's just a ream of them. Um, and look, you know, some are good, um, but, uh, you know, obviously not everyone gets it right 100% of the time. Um, even Bernie Madoff got caught out on those sort of things, didn't he? <laughs> so, so just a uh, bit. yeah. So, um, you know, you've got to pick your timing and the environment they're in. So if these guys are potentially doing shorting and things like that, you know, you've got to pick your environment. But um, look, if you're an investor that doesn't want to um, be concentrating on selecting stocks, um, then ultimately, you know, a, a passive ETF, mm. you're going to track the index, you know, give or take the fees in there, which are, you know, very low fees in exchange traded funds. 
Um, if you're going to be looking at active managers, then you've got to actively watch them as well. As Michael Indeed. said, you know, they and perform well and sometimes they don't. Yeah, no, that's a really good point. Let's move on to our second stock, which is Drone Shield, ticker code DRO, picked by Andrew. And Andrew said the company seems to be in an upgrade cycle and is winning government contracts and upgrading revenue and cash flows. And the company is set to report their half yearly financials at the end of August. Wondering if any of the panelists have an insight into the operation of the business and the future performance of the company. Well, it sounds like you need to get your crystal ball out, Francesco. But uh... Look, it's not what I know a lot about. I mean, the, the, the name of the company uh, speaks for itself and they sell a lot of, um, um, of their, um, I suppose, drones in, in, into the Defence Forces um, around the world. But one, one thing that struck me with this company, and, and Michael might know a little bit more about it because um, I didn't really have a great deal of time to look into it, but uh, over previous years I've, I've looked at it and there's, year on year they haven't made a profit, I haven't seen over the last three years anyway. Mm. Uh, revenues have been growing, but they haven't seemed to even get close to going into profitability. So I would need to look at their financials a lot closer and say, well, why are they, mm. um, you know, obviously when companies are in their infant stages, they, they spend a lot, invest a lot more uh, for future profits um, because, you know, to, to develop new products, yeah. it, it costs money. Um, but these guys seem to be in that phase for quite some time. So. I, I'd say I wouldn't buy it myself, but um, um, you know, who knows? They might turn a massive contract next year, uh, and that turns them into profitability, and the share price could go up. But I looked at a couple of other um, um, recommendations out there that had prices not much higher than where, or uh, well, valuations not much higher than where the share price is now. So it doesn't give me a great deal of confidence. So I'd say I wouldn't buy it. Yeah, very exposed to the vagaries of those contracts. Um, yeah, do you, Michael? Mm. What do you think? Um, it's it's not one I've followed. I've I've heard of it. It's been in the press recently because of the war in Ukraine. Exactly. And, you know, they've got a number of contracts with the, the U.S. government, so they have this this sort of looks like a big toy, um, big toy gun that, <laughs> that can um, they you aim it at, at military drones, and it um, I guess it must just scramble the signal and they fall down to the ground or, or something like that. So, um, but you're right, they're not making money. It seems like the losses are getting smaller and smaller, but what's interesting, and I don't, again, I don't understand the, com the company 100%, but it's not as though they just need to win more contracts and suddenly they're profitable. I mean, they've got, they've got money in the bank, they've got a lot of contracts already. They're talking about the huge addressable market, but if you, mm. it almost seems as though they've got too much work, mm. and they just can't do it at the right pace, capacity, um, and mm. yeah, and and in the right way to actually make money. So, how do they? I just don't. I need to understand how they're going to become profitable. Mm. It's not as though, as I said, they're, you know, they've got a small part of the market. They're really lean and efficient, and all they need to do is win a few contracts, and bang, they're suddenly making a bucket load of money. They've got the contracts; they just can't seem to make it profitable. So, um, yeah, look, that's that's the bit I don't understand from what I've seen. Um, so, look for me. Look, I think it's a hold. I yep. mean, looking at the way it's trading, it looked like they reported this morning. Um, the shares are up a little bit. It's it's trading okay. They're closing those losses. I'd have it as a speculative hold, but as a buy, I'd, I need to understand the business a bit more. Fair enough. And um, Francesco, you would just avoid? 
Uh, yeah, yeah, for me, I would, yeah. yes. Um, and, and, and James Michael, I'd need to look at it a lot closer yeah. and understand those numbers, why they are what the way they are. Indeed, indeed. Okay, our third stock is uh, Crisis. I hope I get that right, or Crisis Corp. C79, ticker code picked by Dion. I actually hadn't even heard of this one. A mining services contractor. Not right. Looks like not you. Well, no. thanks to Well, it only listed um, uh, in May last year. Well, there we go. Um, but I'm glad I did look at it. Yeah. Because it's very interesting. Um, so what they do is they um, analyse the assay results from drilling samples. Mm-hmm. So your explorers are out there in the back of nowhere looking for gold or iron ore or copper, drilling holes in the ground. Uh, these guys are a company that, that analyses those core samples and tells you whether there's any uh, minerals in, in, the, in the samples. So mm. there is another company on the exchange, they're quite big, called uh, ALS Limited. I think it used to be called... Campbell? Yeah. I something like that. Campbell? Something Campbell. like that. Anyway, um, these guys listed last year, uh, they're meeting and exceeding their prospectus forecasts in some areas. Uh, the IPO price was $6.50 though, so it's off a bit from its IPO price. Uh, employees paid five eighty five, so it's trading around about there. Looks like it's been spun out of CSIRO because they still hold uh, 22% of the stock. Um, and uh, there's quite a few instos on the register, so that gives me a little bit of cons- confidence as well. So what what differentiates them from um, someone like ALS? Uh, and um, they use um, X-ray technology to analyze the um, assay, res- well, assay samples. Um, so A, it's faster, B, it's more accurate uh, versus traditional assays. Uh, and we're talking time frames of you know, the, 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 um, these guys take two to three minutes to analyze mm-hmm. a sample, uh, whereas the traditional method can take three to four hours. So there's a lot of, um, you know, turnaround time there that, that can t- be taken advantage of by mining companies. Um, so it obviously makes it um, somewhat cheaper. I don't know that for a fact, but I'm just making an assumption there. Um, but it also removes the need for, for chemicals or hazardous chemicals in the process. Um, it's non-destructive, so which means they can actually retest the sample. Whereas if traditional methods, once you add chemicals, it, um, um, I suppose, changes the way the mm-hmm. sample structure is. And if you want to test it again, you need to do more drilling. So, um, and the other thing is it's largely automated, so costs, um, labor costs are a lot less. So I've noticed over the last two years, there's some significant growth in revenue. Now, uh, again, I'd need a closer look at that to see whether that is a lot of mining companies now, re- or exploration companies, I should say, not mining companies, uh, realizing that uh, the quick turnaround is much better. If it does cost more, is it yeah, more efficient, in mm. other words? So there's a few details I'd need to look at there and understand what their earnings potential are. But if that growth trajectory continues over the next two to three years, um, you could probably say that it looks reasonably good value. So I wouldn't say it'd be a screaming buy, but I, I, I'd, I'd say put it on my watch page and you know, mm. maybe accumulate. I'm just having a look here. I don't think they're making any money yet, but um, that's they're they've still turned, they've just turned They've just turned profitable. Have they? Um, and, and they've just um, moved into positive cash flows right. as well. So they're, 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 they're exceeding their prospectus you know, forecasts. 
I'll, I'll, I'll take a deal of confidence out of you know, CSI. It's come out of CSIRO, number yeah, one. Out of CSIRO. Uh, number two, the, uh, the other thing is they've got a patent on the process. Mm-hmm. So I think I'm not sure how long that patent lasts for. Normally they're 20 years or somewhere around that. So um, no one can really copy what they're doing. So would you spec buy it or? I'd be a spec buy, yeah. A spec buy. Quite, quite an expensive stock for a spec buy, but I still think it's, um, there's a, yeah, it's promising. Okay, Michael. Yeah, I hadn't heard of it either. So, <laughs> but, but like Francesco is quite, you know, uh, quite happy with what I was, what I was reading. It just sounded very interesting. I mean, yeah, yeah. he covered all the points. They actually had their results this morning. So if anyone's interested, they can read the results. And as Francesco said, they've, um, yeah, the key point is they've, you know, they've got earnings now and those numbers are slightly above um, what they've guided in the prospectus. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's that's what you want to see. Um, yeah, look, I'd have it as a spec buy, maybe more on a dip, but um, yeah, looks looks very promising, has a nice trend to it, sort of ticking all the boxes at the moment. Okay. Only thing it doesn't have is a track record, but as you said, Francesco, it's come out of CSIRO, so, mm. you know, probably good technology, etc. so it's just yes. monetizing it now. That's right. And they still own 22% of it, which means whether they have to, I'm not too sure. Uh, there's probably some escrow around that as well, which you probably need to look at, because uh, if the, you know, if CSIRO is, is not an investment company, so no. to speak, so it's not in their uh, mandate to sort of be holding investments for too long. Um, but you know, Instos are all over it. So, you know, I dare say if they if if they have to sell under es- uh, after escrow, um, then I dare say if they continue to perform like they are, then the Instos will you know, probably mop it up. Indeed, indeed. Okay, well that's yeah. exciting. So we now have another double buy, albeit a speculative one. So the fourth stock is Duratech, ticker code DUR, picked by Adrian. I think this is another. Con- Contractor, but I stand to be corrected here, Francesco. Uh, yes, it is. Um, again, I've, I've actually spoken to someone about this a couple of weeks ago and I was meant to be having a look at it because I had, had no idea what they did. Um, so I've, I've you know, subsequently had, had to have a look at it as well. It's a nice share um, price, if nothing yeah. else. <laughs> yes. Look, it, they are, they're in... Um, Protection and remediation of steel and concrete ah. assets. So, you name it, bridges, you know, oil containers, um, mining equipment. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they um, um, I suppose, work on the maintenance of those sort of assets and extend the life of the assets. Um, so, so it's an interesting business. They, they they only listed in November 2020. So it's only been listed for what's that? Nearly two years, yep. I suppose. Uh, at fifty cents a share. Where's the share price now? It's dollar uh, thirty six. So it's yep. performed significantly well on the share price. Um, looking at the share register, the board and management uh, have significant holdings. Um, I think chairman's got ten percent. Another board member's got ten or over ten actually. So so you could probably say. 40, 40, 50% of the, the shares are held on the board uh, and senior management have got significant holdings. Um, and then there's an organisation called Ertech, which owns, is the largest shareholder, I forget what percentage it was. Um, so it's fairly tightly held share register. Um, they've, they've shown significant growth in their early stages. So uh, it does trade on a high multiple, but with the growth that they, demonst- they have demonstrated over the last couple of years, that's not um, 
um, I suppose, unachievable, if you like. Um, I, I'd probably say it's a hold at the moment because I think, you know, it's, it's trading on 2023 20, numbers of about 23 times. Now, a contract like this, you'd probably say mid-teens, but yeah. because the growth in their early stages that, that, that they're producing and probably justifies the higher PE, um, the yield's fairly low, but, you know, you're not into this thing for a yield, you're into it for, for some growth. Um, but um, it's interesting, I'd say probably more of a hold at this stage on okay. that. Okay. No problem. Michael? Um, yeah, look, this was new to me as well. I hadn't heard of it, but just a solid, solid business. Just you know, doing really well. Um, the numbers look really good. The share price is doing very well. Uh, I noticed the, um, uh, the shareholders as well. So, you know, I think they're in the right area. I think there's still going to be a lot of work in that engineering and construction um, area. I was trying to have a look at a recent, um, their recent results, because obviously with with this sector, I mean, even with the whole market, as, as we mentioned earlier, there's been a lot of kind of negative commentary around you mm. know, cost guidance. Mm. And you know, a firm like this, I was just curious to see if they were having problems with with labour and getting staff and all that sort of thing. I couldn't really see any um, sort of any negative comments. So it's quite quite rare. I mean, unless I missed it. So they seem to be doing a very good job at at managing that. Um, and I think in this market, if you could sort of manage those expectations, that's a that's a big deal. So I'd have it as a hold as well. I think, yeah, based on where the price is at the moment, maybe a bit bit more of a buy on the dip, but um, looks like a solid business. Yeah, to, mm. my, to Michael's point, capacity is always, you know, people look at the growth and they always think, oh, it's never ending. But at some point, there's capacity constraints. Indeed. And that growth sort of hits yeah. the ceiling and it can't go anymore. Yeah. So that'd be interesting to see if the, you know, they do have any constraints there at the moment. They've actually got 1,944 projects on hand. I'm just having a look at the results here. Um, pretty chunky order book, 460 million and a pipeline of 2.4 billion. So managing, as you say, mm. uh, those costs, employees, etc., coming out of the pandemic. Um, but uh, yeah, no, it does look interesting indeed. So a double hold there. Let's move on to our fifth stock, which is SRG Global, ticker code SRG, picked by Adele. Uh, this looks as well to be in the yeah, mining contracting like same, space. Same guys looking for uh, something in that sector. Um, Indeed. So, do you want me to? Yeah, go, go, yeah. Francesco. Yeah. Um, so th th this is a very similar business. Um, yeah, they look after uh, large assets. Um, they probably do a little bit more construction, I suppose, than Duratech uh, at the um, sort of green sort of greenfield sites, if you like. Um, they've evolved out of the Snowy, Snowy Mountains River scheme. Oh, um, really? So they've been around for quite a while. Um, similar business to DUR. Um, they've ex they, they experienced significant growth in their early stages as well, uh, but that tapers off. So if you look back at Duratech, you know, we've seen you know, significant growth there. Um, as they get to a much more mature business, that growth rate tapers off. And mm. we've seen that happen with uh, with SRG Global, um, the 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 PEs around the mid teens have got a fairly solid yield, so a little bit different to DUR. You know, they've got a higher PE with a low yield. These guys have got a much more mature type PE of around 14, 15 times, but a, you know, a fully frank dividend yield of five percent. So it looks quite attractive there. Um, look again, similar to DUR, I'd probably be more of a hold on this one at the moment. Fair enough. What do you think, Michael? Um, 
Yeah, fa fairly similar. I think um, you know you can't hold all all the stocks in every sector. I mean, I uh, I prefer the look of DUR. Mm -hmm. um, I noticed with what I'll add with SRG. From a charting point of view, it was looking as though it was topping out. So at least DUR had a very nice trend to it. There's nice buying of the mm. dip. This one seems to be struggling more. So over the past several months, you've seen sort of rallies sold into. Um, recently, it's come back on a bit of volume in the past few days. So looking a bit more vulnerable to a pullback. So if anything, I'd be selling. Yeah, if I was in that sector, I'd sell SRG and wait for a, a dip in Juratech and buy that one instead. Okay. Cool. Well, let's go through the uh, stocks that we've had today. And Mineral Resources, stock of the day, they've reported the stock is up in the uh, market. And both of our experts really like it. So we have a double buy on that one. Um, it's been negatively impacted very much from, I suppose, concerns over China and how that might be depressing uh, the outlook for particularly, uh, you've seen lithium prices come down as well as iron ore prices, but pretty much all of that is discounted in the share price at this point in time. So a double buy from Francesco and Michael on Minres. Now let's move on to the five stocks picked by you today. So Cadence Capital, listed investment company, look, it has not been performing. It's underperformed the ASX 200. It hasn't performed um, over a one, two, five, 10 year period. Really, both of the guests have a sell on it and would very much prefer that you go down a, a lower cost route if you want exposure to a market and buy an ETF. Moving on to a drone shield. And uh, for Francesco, this is not one that he would be predisposed towards, so has a, a void on this one. Yes, it's been in the news lately because of the Ukraine war, but uh, yet to make profits, which is a bit of a concern. And uh, the question is how the business actually makes money. So Michael, just pointing that yes, revenues have been growing, but how are they actually going to generate profits? So a hold from Michael. And then looking to the recently listed uh, Cresos Corp. So this is a really interesting company that has been spun out of Syro, um, which basically Francesco notes that it's getting up towards that IPO price. It's doing what ALS does, but with a new technology which has less effects and is a lot more speedy. So a speculative buy from Francesco and also a speculative buy from Michael saying it looks interesting as well. Then we get to Duratech, which has also been listed in the last few years. Now it has been growing strongly or it's in the protection remediation in the steel concrete uh, side of infrastructure and mining. And uh, it has been basically growing its profits quite aggressively, which means that it's on a uh, relatively high multiple and a, a low yield. So Francesco has a hold on that one. And Michael makes the point that they're doing well. It's a solid business. It is also a hold. And with all of these companies, just remember to keep an eye out for costs, particularly labor costs. Let's move on to SRG, which is a far more mature contractor, again, in the mining infrastructure space, being spun out of the Snowy River scheme. Now, it is more mature, so it trades on a much lower PE and a higher yield. So Francesco has a hold on that one. And Michael would be saying, sell, take 
take your money off the table on this one. And if you're looking to buy into that space, Duratech would be the stock that he would go for. Now we're going to check in with our own conviction fund, which is picked by our investment committee. The latest episode of the committee meeting is live for you to watch at osbiz.com. So let's check in with the portfolio update. Going into August, index was replaced by AUB and the committee spent on cash. 1% went to each of Seek, Altium and Prometicus. Let's see how the portfolio is performing. And the fund so far is 7.28% on a cumulative return basis since inception on March 1st, 2022. So keep sending in your requests and keep the call switched on to see which stocks our committee will be looking at next. Now we're going to focus on the next five stocks of the call today and we have a retail food group, ASX, Paragon Care, Ramsey Healthcare and Adbury. And let's swap this around a little bit. So the sixth stock is retail food group picked by Colin. Michael, do you mm. like RFG? In short, no. Um, <laughs> and look, it's, it is a sentiment that's shared by, I suppose, most people when you, yeah. you ask them about retail food groups. So they've obviously had their troubles over the past several years. It's a you know, five cent stock now. It used to be about $8. Oh. A lot of dramas with, um, with the franchise, um, franchisees. So you've got um, Michelle's Patisserie. And, um, Michelle's Patisserie. Yeah, yeah, and there was a number of issues. Um, my memory is correct with, uh, I think just basically, I'm trying to think of a nice word, just <laughs> you know, screwing down the, the, the owners of these businesses. Right, Sorry yes, if yes, uh, yes. but you know what I mean. Um, so look, but you know, there's, there's a lot of baggage there, of course, and um, but, you know, there's new management in there. And um, you know, when, you leave, when you read the latest results, um, the commentary is, you know, they've done the heavy lifting to, to turn the business around. There's a big focus um, on you know, looking after those, um, those business owners and looking after staff and doing all the right things. So you know, no, I've got nothing negative to say about what they're currently doing, but as an investment, you know, it's now the right time. You know, you're at a tricky point here. They're, they seem to be growing their revenue and um, you know, they're becoming more profitable from you know, same stores and, and all that sort of thing. So everything seems to be heading in the right direction. Um, but you know, I think the market just has to get over that, that sort of sentiment hurdle mm. of, you know, there was, there was a past there which, you know, wasn't ideal. And um, you're also coming into a period now with, you know, reduced spending yeah. um, by the consumer, a little bit more uncertainty. So. Yeah, you could say, look, it looks cheap here and, and it's a turnaround and if put it in the bottom drawer, it might work out okay. But <laughs> the problem is you're, you're foregoing other opportunities in the, in the market and um, it, it might, we might be talking about this stock in a year from now and, and the market still isn't ready to start you know, buying, buying into it. And when I look at the way it's trading, there really isn't any, any volume coming into it. I don't think any um, major analysts cover it anymore either, so you don't get that. I think there's that a coverage. couple. I've got so Bell Potter and yeah, Shaw Bell here. Bell Potter and Shaw. So, yeah. yeah, look, I, I'd avoid it. I mean, the business seems to be Sell doing it? the right. Yeah, only because there's better opportunities yeah. elsewhere. But um, they seem to be, you know, doing the right thing, turning it around. Um, but it's just not ready to go up yet. 
So hard to turn around businesses, isn't it, yeah, Francesco? Yeah, the franchising model's difficult yeah. for both the franchisee and the franchisor. Well, you know, the, the, you know, unless you get that model right, then they're, they're always at loggerheads. Yeah. Um, and the, yeah, particularly the smaller store owners, they they feel like they're getting dudded by the larger yeah. uh, head office. Um, and um, you know, you're talking about brands, Michelle, as you mentioned, Gloria Jeans, uh, Donut King. Yeah, I wouldn't say they're top line brands either. Mm. So, you know, with the consumer, um, you know, experiencing higher costs, um, discretionary spend comes off. This is discretionary spend, I would suggest. So they're running at a loss. Yeah, I'd avoid it. Sell it? Look, depends on what you you, know, what you need it for. Like if you own it and you bought it at eight dollars, you know, uh, you know, back back when Moses was. Surely your you'd pants. be so scarred, um, scarred by it at this stage. Um, you should oh, divest yeah, it. There's ways of doing. There's this thing you can get some benefits out of it occasionally. Look, if you if you've had a year where you've had a really good trading year and you've got yeah. capital gains in there and you want to offset them, sell them, get rid of them, and realise a loss. Great. Or just hold it, and one day it might sort of go from five cents to ten cents. <laughs> but it's, I can't see it going back to eight dollars. That's for sure. Um, so yeah, look, I'd avoid it. Uh, if you own it, use the loss as a offset against the gain. Yeah, Indeed. at least make it work for you. Exactly, exactly. Um, our seventh stock is ASX ticker code ASX picked by Jock now. Speaking of companies that have had mm. some problems, this whole chest replacement system, yeah. trying to get blockchain in there. Now they've got a new CEO. I mean, it looked to me like she had sort of tried to clean the slate a little bit mm. at their last announcement. What do you think of ASX, Michael? Yeah, look, it's. I think it's also too early to be getting into this. They've, yeah, really, yeah, had the. A lot of lot of money wasted with that that chess upgrade. The company's not making a profit anymore. Um, it's in a horrible downtrend. You know why? Yeah, why buy it? I think you know. Look, at some point, it'll it'll hit rock bottom and and we'll head head higher. Maybe we need another reporting season six months from now or twelve months from now to see that. It's and it's not even as though you know, it's just down on broad. You know, poor sentiment and the smart money's coming in and buying it, and I could see that on the chart. I mean, I can't see any buying on the chart, mm. so it'll it'll get worse before it before it gets better. So it's not even a contrarian trade at the moment. So it's an avoid for me, and and yeah, definitely a sell, so you can move on to something that's actually heading the right way. Francesco. Yeah, look, I'm a bit bit of a dichotomy here. I mean, our, our analyst has got an accumulator on it, but I wouldn't. I, I, I'm agreeing with Michael. I think yeah. you, know, you probably get more sort more pain than gain in this thing at the moment. Look, it's still a virtual monopoly. Yes, there's competition there with Chiax. Uh, chess is still a monopoly, and the settlement process is still a monopoly. But you know, it's trading on 34 and a half times earnings. Yeah, you want to see significant growth out of a company if they're going to put out that sort of number. Um, so, you know, to me, it's extremely expensive. Look, the dividend yield's okay, 4%, fully franked, uh, but that declines next year. Um, so, you know, you're not you're not even getting dividend growth. So, um, you know, I don't even know why they embarked on this you know, blockchain replacement of chess. The mm. chess system's probably one of the more advanced systems around the world. I mean, there's still certificates in some countries like the UK. Oh, can that. you imagine so, that? Really, is the UK still share certificates? No, 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 no. They still have some companies that you, yeah. you got a certificate, so you've got to get it transferred. Yeah. Oh, okay. Whereas everything was 
done here many, many years ago or decades ago now. Um, so I, I would say I'm, I'm with Michael on this. I, I'd probably be avoiding it if not selling. Yeah. Mm, I remember when um, Singapore Exchange wanted to buy it. Yeah. Remember? They wanted to, to, yeah, they Morris wanted, Newman put they the, the kibosh on it. Yeah. Yes. Is that going to happen again? No. <laughs> <laughs> Not when you've got um, competitors coming into the market. Like, they had basically a monopoly. Yeah, yeah. Market. Yeah. And Sebo's um, now behind Chaix. So, yeah. Yes, yes. And, and look, you know, who's to say others won't come and in, become involved in it? Um, but. Um, Look, the, you know, and and uh, yeah, the the exchange makes some good leverage out of corporate deals as well. Mm. There's not as many corporate deals at the no, moment. No, the market, the market conditions is. aren't so, great. Yeah, so I yeah, I, I I think there's a little bit more pain in this before there's some gain. So and sell I, it. I, I yeah, potentially yeah. Yeah. If, if not hold, if you're a long termer, but um yeah, sell. Yeah. Okay. I know I know members that still have stock from the demutual from the. I suppose it was a demutualisation, wasn't it? The, the ASX when they listed. Um, but yeah, members were issued stock and I know st- members that still own stock from <laughs> from from when when it was demutualized. <laughs> wow. Oh gosh, there we go. Okay, let's get on to our eighth stock, which is Paragon Care, picked by Jeanette. Medical equipment, Michael. Mm. Yeah, this one used to be maybe not a market darling, but fairly well liked, I think a few years or so ago, and um, but their, I mean their revenue uh, just really, it's really been up and down. So um, you know the revenue's been up and down, costs, you know, issues with costs over time. So they're now not not profitable from what I can see. So already that's that's an issue. You've got a yeah, you've got a stock that's therefore reflecting that. So in this market, no one no one's really interested in a unprofitable company and in a high interest rate environment. So you've got a downtrend and I've noticed that it also trades only about $50,000 worth of shares a day. Mm. So it's, uh, so from a liquidity point of view, very difficult, as I said, loss making, inconsistent earnings, um, just, just don't need to be there at the moment. Sell. Yeah. Fair enough. Okay. Francesco. Yeah, I'm same with Michael there. I just don't understand why um, they're you know, they're declining year on year. You know, EPS down 47% uh, over the half year, mm. um, and then if you look at 21 to 22, they were down 40%. So I don't know whether they've lost a contract or or, or their sales staff have walked out or mm. or what. Something's gone on there that uh, doesn't appear to be um, you know, good for the for the overall company. I like the I like the sector, you yeah. Know, medical equipment and devices, but uh, I'd need to look at what sort of equipment and devices. There's consumer goods in there, as apparently as well. But yeah, look, I, I'd avoid it. Maybe um, on that medical equipment, etc. So ResMed, I'd love to get both of your views on that. It's a bit off the cuff, but ResMed was heavily hit yeah. by all these apparent concerns over the weight loss drugs as MPIC, etc. But a lot of sleep apnea has nothing to do, do with, weight. with weight. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. is ResMed a case in point of maybe a stock that you would like? Yes, I, I definitely like ResMed and like the business, like the business model have been done for quite some time, like the sector. Sleep apnea is a condition that the health insurance companies are now starting to realise if, if it gets treated, um, then it re- reduces the amount of claims down the track from other 
complaints and, mm. and, and problems, health problems that people get from sleep apnea. Mm. Um, but no, and not just in the Western world, in places like China and, and Asia and that, they're, they're realising that as well. Look, sleep apnea is um, not something that's just something to do with someone's weight. Mm. Uh, you know, it's, a, the, it's a, like a flap in your throat that sort of closes up when you sleep. Um, and, and there's a number of ways to, to um, treat it. Um, obviously, you know, you've got the sleep apnea uh, CPAP machines, which ResMed make, um, but there's also oral devices to bring jaw forward to open up the mm. airways and things like that. But that's more for mild uh, uh, cases of sleep apnea. Obviously, more severe cases, you need the the oxygen pumps and the, the vacuum cleaners on your on your face at night, <laughs> people say. Um, and then the real severe cases, they go into surgery and remove the flap. So I, I've done a bit of research on this. Oh, interesting. Do they really? Um, I've done a, a site visit out at ResMed. They are very, very impressive, their operations out there at Bella Vista. Uh, in Western Sydney, they they have the engineers and all the head office there on the same campuses, the manufacturing facilities. Mm. So all the ideas that come out of their 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 um, um, you know, IP, if you like, um, can go straight into manufacturing very mm. quickly, and they can sort of tinker with it. Mm. Um, but also, and I won't go into too much detail, but their their uh, rewarding of their their um, uh, manufacturing staff is impressive as well to bring out new ideas to make mm. them more efficient mm. was very impressive. They've also yeah. they've moved very much into the connected space, haven't they, in terms of, you know, it's much more, I suppose, uh, med tech devices as well. It's oh, not yeah. just, yeah. Yeah, but I mean, with the sleep apnea machines, you need the masks, replacements, the hoses yeah. and all that. So, you know, it's not just buy the machine and, yep. and then that's one sale and yep. maybe five years down the track when the machine mm. doesn't work anymore, you get another one. There's, it's like new tyres. Yeah, it'll service <laughs> in your car. But they also have bought a uh, oral device company in France uh, a number of years ago. Don't know what's come of that, but, um, you know, they, they've identified that as, as an area of... Um, of the sector as well, but um, yeah, look, very impressive company. Look, and, and and the market, the market treats them harshly when they've got a really small, you know, narrowing of their margins, mm, mm. Uh, and then buy it up when there's a small gain in their margins. Mm, mm. So it's real um, margins game on it. But but um, yeah, look, I, I, look, it trades in the twenties uh, on a on a PE basis, which is you know expensive, but not for a healthcare stock. I think no, exactly, and mm. the quality of this company. Sorry, it's a bit bit without notice. But ResMed is that one yep. that you like, Michael? Yeah, I do. I mean, I. It's it's interesting, Francesco's um, yeah noticing the way it trades as well. I mean, it's it's funny. It has these quarterly reports, and yeah, it could really be off, a violent it? sort mm. of move. And um, it's one that we, I think, we got out earlier in the year. But uh, I think maybe a couple of weeks after that mm. quarterly result, um, we bought back in. I think oh, look, it's gone a bit lower in the last week or two since since I've bought it. But it is a recent buy of ours. I think these are. The great levels for the business and um yeah it'll it'll get back up there it'll, it'll run into the next quarterly result yeah. of course or the, qu- passion, or the next yeah or the next quarterly won't be so bad and it'll it'll spike and this whole azempic thing i think's um ridiculous i mean you've you've got the poor people who actually have diabetes can't get hold of the drug mm. so 
what makes anyone think there's so much of it out there, we're all gonna take mm. it and we're gonna be walking around looking like athletes and suddenly we're not, <laughs> you know, and there's gonna be no sleep apnea anymore. But, I mean, but, yeah, but even the people that have lost weight, so you have they've to, had sleep apnea because yeah. the weight came they're on. Still anyway. But when they've lost the weight, so people that have lost yeah. extreme amounts of weight, they've still had the sleep apnea, yeah. even mm. though they've lost the weight. Interesting. So it stays. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And, it's, and again, it's not a weight thing. It's It's yeah. got something to do with the, Piece of skin in your throat. Yeah, the way it's constructed. Yeah. Oh, well, there was. A little bit of extra red wine, and I can tell you. I, get... <laughs> <laughs> I think everybody's a bit susceptible as we get older, dare I say. Anyway, keeping in the healthcare space, let's move on to the ninth stock, which is Ramsey Healthcare, picked by Brian. And Brian said, would like to know if now is a good time to add more Ramsey Healthcare to a long term portfolio. Now, this has been quite a painful one for you know it was a, a great stock in the past wasn't it Michael mm. and you know yeah they've had problems yeah look it hasn't I mean if you judge it by its share price performance it it hasn't been a great stock for a while now I think it's yeah. even pre-COVID it was it was struggling, really struggling wasn't it? and yeah. you know in that sort of 2019 period where rates started getting cut overseas and CSL just took off and went up about 50% in a year. Ramsey just was left behind. Um, so it's a good sort of segue from talking about ResMed because here's a stock uh, for our viewer. My recommendation would be not to top it up, but if you know what you should consider is selling Res, uh, sorry, selling Ramsey to buy ResMed. So yeah. ResMed has the potential to go up. This, this stock, this business still has yeah, they're encountering all the usual issues, sort of staffing costs. Um, you know, the revenue Staff. revenue's been been quite slow. Um, their margins have been under under pressure. It's it's the type of business you can't sort of turn it around as as quickly. So, um, yeah, look at and as we could see with the way it's trading, it's still down trending. There's no sort of you know buying down here mm. by by funds behind the scene or anything like that. It's there's yeah, there's there's nothing at the moment that's that's super appealing. So I'd be switching out of Ramsey into something else. Indeed. What do you think, Francesco? Uh, not not as not as pessimistic as Michael. I'm more of a hold on this one. Um, I get that you know the pandemic headwinds um, hit them. Um, Post pandemic, everyone was anticipating particularly uh, non-elective surgeries to take off and that, but then all of a sudden. Yeah, the capacity constraints, mm. nursing staff, costs, all that sort of stuff. Um, so a lot of surgery cancellations, um, safety costs, government controls. Um, so so it has come under a lot of pressure. But uh, and, and look, you know, there might be a little bit more downside in the share price, um, but longer term, we're still pretty confident on the actual underlying business. Um, and I think a lot of these capacity constraints and, and, and higher costs will fall by the wayside once we see inflation come under control and so on. So um, I, I would say hold. Um, it is trading on still a high PE, um, but um, our analysts have got that those earnings um, rising quite considerably over the next couple of years, which means the PE starts to tick away down to a sort of a normal yeah. um, healthcare stock of 20 times plus, yeah. you know, 20 to 25 times. So uh, I'd say hold, but um, keep an eye on it. Um, if it goes sort of down to the low, uh, you know, if it went below $45, I'd probably think it would be screaming by. Right. Okay, there we go. Now, the last stock is Adbury, the old Adelaide Brighton, picked by Peter and a ticker code ABC. So, do you like this one, Michael? 
Um, they've just reported mm. today, so it'd be interesting to to go through that in a bit more detail. I mean, what I have noticed is um, a lot of the analysts had very low price oh. targets on it, and the shares had had rallied yeah. you know, quite substantially in the last few months. Mm. Um, Doesn't look so like the results were great. Down thirteen and a half percent today. Oh, is it? Yeah. Oh, okay. When yeah, I came, it's had a few clunkers lately yeah, when with I came the results. In, down, and then they were recovering quite right. a bit. So I thought maybe the result must have been been in line. But it'd just be interesting to see if it if it can hold up here. I think because you know, analysts have been quite pessimistic on it, they might they might just increase their targets a bit just to get a little bit closer to it. So it's not so embarrassing that um, <laughs> they've been so far away. Um, but but yeah, look, I, I don't think, think that's um, going to happen. <laughs> yeah, but I look, I, I think the sector. I mean, it sort of comes back to our comments um, on, on those companies earlier on construction. I think there's, you know, there should be a lot of pipeline, you know, good pipeline there. But I'm guessing, um, you know, they'll add by a bit having issues with with staffing costs and material costs and um, and so on. But um, but yeah, look, I think overall. I think the sectors should should do well. Um, and if this could settle down to a more reasonable price, then it might be worth looking at. Well, I guess there are other stocks in the sector. Boral's a different turnaround story. Mm. James Hardy's actually doing quite well considering. Yeah. Maybe there's other stocks in this sort of sector you'd prefer. Yeah, that's, that's true. I mean, yeah, if I had to rank them, Adbri wouldn't be at the top. So, oh no, well, we can only hold one in the sector, so we're not so overweight. You'd be you'd be out of that brine into a James Hardy or a, or a Borrell, I agree with that. So would you sell it? Um, I'd like to have sort of see how, it, see how it works so out over the next couple of days. Have yeah. a hold it's a on hold that for one. Now. Okay. Francesco? Uh, yes, down 14, 15% on the results. And the results, you know, EPS was 13.5% below consensus. Um, NPAT was 6.5% below consensus. They've cut the dividend to zero, mm. um, so that's always going to hurt the share price when when the when the board makes a really hard decision because it's not an easy decision to go. We're going to we're going to stop dividends, um, and and you know it's just as hard a decision to actually uh, reintroduce them. So you could be looking at a stock that's not going to pay a dividend for quite a mm. while. Um, the reason I say it, it's a hard decision to reintroduce them is. Because the board always wants to be sure that they don't don't reintroduce it and then and then then, then have to cut it again. Cut it again. They want to yeah. make sure that there's consistency there, um, particularly for a mature company like this. So I'd um, we're on a lighten on it. Um, you know these numbers tend to sort of reinforce that a bit. I would suppose. Um, and you mentioned you know Ball and James Hardy. You know the, the, I think a lot of a lot of the positives have been built into the share price. I mean, we saw this stock, it jumped back in May. Was it May? Yeah. I think it was May. It jumped significantly in it May did. on the back of um, the AGM. Now, oh, I'm not right. sure what AGM. was said at the AGM, um, but, um, yeah, maybe the, what they said at the AGM didn't come to fruition today, <laughs> obviously. Um, so, uh, yeah, look, we've got to lighten. Fair enough. I more that. Okay, let's summarise the uh, second five stocks picked by you today. Retail Food Group, no, no love on this one. Michael has a sell on it. Francesco has, well, I wouldn't buy it, but I guess if you've been holding it, maybe you will hold it or otherwise divest it for a tax loss. But look, the franchising model is really 
really, really difficult. They aren't having a lot of really high profile, great names in this. It is new management and a turnaround story, but uh, uh, no. Uh, ditto for ASX. Um, we have both a uh, avoid or sell on the ASX from both Michael and Francesco. So basically too early to look at this one, says Michael. The downtrend still looks really, really bad. It's Francesco just makes the point that it's really expensive and uh, looks like there is more pain to come on this one. Paragon Care. Well, pretty much a similar situation. So we have a sell from both of our guests here. If you want to look at going into the medical equipment space, I did ask the question, you know, are there better opportunities out there? And both guests agreed. Uh, ResMed is one that you could take a look at. And we discussed in some detail whether or not those weight loss drugs like um, Azampic really are having an impact on sleep and apnea. And the answer is no. Okay, so Ramsey Healthcare. So Michael has a sell on this one. Um, just needs to see those things like uh, all the costs, the healthcare costs, the general inflationary pressures that have been impacting on them starting to subside. Whereas Francesco has a hold on it, a long-term hold, looking to see whether or not we can see an improvement in earnings. If it were to drop below $45, it would be a buy for Francesco. And Adbury, I'm afraid in this second half, we haven't had a lot of buys. So a hold from Michael, a light and really from Francesco. Um, again, we've got a lot of cost pressures going on. The dividend has been stopped as Francesco said, and that is clearly a big issue. And uh, yeah, so uh, not very positive there. Now let's just take a quick look. We've got a couple of minutes. Let's just have a quick comment on the earnings season. Francesco, how have you seen it? Um, look, interesting. Um, we, you know, both Michael and I have been talking about sort of costs, and yeah. um, um, I think you know the inflation, not just at the consumer level, but at the business level, has um, has been a key factor in um, uh, the reporting season with margins and so on. So I think that's been key. Um, yeah, you know, surprises on the upside and downside. I haven't seen the numbers, but I'd say they'd be pretty even on mm. both sides. Uh, but a majority of companies have just met met what everyone was expecting yeah. and consensus. Um, so I don't think there's anything surprising there. Um, so yeah, the market's been in a bit of a holding pattern between seven and seven and a half thousand. Um, I think getting through the reporting season now it'll focus more on the macro um, and it'll be more you know where are we at with interest rates? Is 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 there any more and how much more, or is it you know? the next move, maybe a year time <laughs> downwards, who knows? Um, and then also in the back of everyone's mind from the resources space is um, stimulus in China, yeah, whether mm. they can do it. So I think we're in that range until we see a bit clearer macro perspective. Well, that makes sense. Well, how about you, Michael? Yeah, similar, similar thoughts. So, you know, no huge surprises in some ways, you know, relief that a lot of companies reporting didn't or at least the ones I'm not I'm holding didn't have any huge misses um, that would concern me but but the cost issue I think is really weighing down on short-term sentiment in those stocks I suppose if you were to take a glass half full perspective you could say well they've set the scene for um, in terms of cost guidance you know difficult sort of six months or year ahead so maybe there's scope there that for some positive surprises coming into February 
Um, yeah, it's trying to be optimistic, but but that's definitely weighing down on the sentiment at the moment. And of course, we've got um, you know, China. I think maybe it's it's very negative at the moment. Mm. There's not you know, there's a lot of negative you know negative articles yeah. and negativity around China. So we're not seeing a turnaround, but look for for some kind of movement. We did see some nice moves, I think, a week ago in iron ore and and coal stocks. So yeah, maybe there's starting to be some positioning there. You've got the um, uh, you know, rates overseas, the two years, the 10 years, the so yeah. on, they're really, you know, they've really rallied quite quite strongly. Mm. So again, do we jump on the, they've got further to run mm. train or do we look for maybe a, a movement back into to the recent range from this year? I mean, they're back at those levels are slightly higher than where they were in, I think, March with the, you know, the so-called banking crisis. So I'd be looking for reversals from from some of these recent movements, a reversal in the US dollar. Mm -hmm. um, we're already starting to see gold bounce quite yes, nicely true. from here. Yeah. So uh, look, I, maybe yeah, real but, yields but, will but come with, down. With, yeah, but with Francesco, it's, I think we're now going to focus again on on the macro and um, we'll just, data just watching. See, just see what it brings. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a frustrating market where last week everyone was worried about something Jerome yeah. Powell might say or not say and. Mm. Uh, you know, don't worry about what he says. Just look at the... <laughs> what he does. Just, yeah, look at what he does exactly. in the data. Oh, well. Thank you so much, Michael and Francesco. Pleasure. Really yeah. appreciate you coming in for the call into the studio. Hoped you've enjoyed it as much as we have. But uh, that's it for the call today. Any stocks you'd like us to have covered, go to osbiz.co forward slash callpicks or tweet us at osbiztv. But now we're going to have a short break. Don't go away because the pulse is coming up after the break.